1: Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly,
2: dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, being a husband and a girl dad, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris each week wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. 20
3: minutes a day, 365 days a year.
2: This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. And to talk about everything that happened Sunday and look ahead to hopefully brighter days on the horizon for the Green Bay Packers, I've got my two co-hosts it's Matt Fraleyk and Janelle Mackie, guys. How are you doing? Are you hanging in there after whatever it is that we saw on Sunday? I won't call it a game. We'll just say the thing—the thing that's happened on Sunday. A performance. Uh, I'm doing well. Perf- um, yeah,
3: doing well. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not a complete letdown as many other people are stating, or just you know, ripping the pulling the ripcord like I think it's you know, the Buccaneers are a decent team obviously Tom Brady is always going to be tough no matter what team he's on was it a game going into the season I thought they could have maybe have lost yeah but that was also riding the buzz from the national media thinking that Rob Gronkowski and LaShawn McCoy and Tom Brady and all these guys are going to be studs and I think they're coming maybe back to a little bit more playing field but I know Janelle's feeling a little type of way not just because of the Packers game other other things are going on with her
4: yeah you know uh dealing with the loss on Sunday, didn't want to carry it into my Monday, was going to start the morning fresh, you know, new day, new mentality. Then the first news I see the morning is Doc Emmerich, uh, the voice of NHL hockey, announced his retirement. So I have just been having quite the Monday, you know, diving into the archives, grieving, crying, whatever, just on an emotional roller coaster. And then now I'm back to having to talk about yesterday's game. So it's It's been a whirlwind 24 hours for me. Plus, it's snowing. So, you know, I got (laughs) to, like, on top of all that, yes, we are preparing for three to five inches of snow in Minnesota tomorrow. Oh, my God.
3: I would be doing much worse. I would be doing much worse if I thought it was going to snow in Green Bay. I would be in shambles. I hate snow. Oh, I'd be drunk.
4: It's it's melting (laughs) snow today, but tomorrow is measurable snow. Like, I might have to brush off my car on my way to work tomorrow. Uh, Yikes.
2: Wait, on your way? Oh, that's right, because you guys are still doing... So I, I was because I was going to say this is the worst time to be a teacher or a student because you don't even get snow days anymore. Not a thing. Yeah. But but yeah, you guys are doing uh, kind of the half and half, aren't you?
4: Yep. So Gosh. I do go to work and no snow days ever again, probably.
2: Oh, that is <laughs> that is the worst <laughs> thing to come out of snow. this pandemic. No,
4: you don't get a snow day in Minnesota for anything less than double digits.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's crazy because my fiance lived in north carolina for a couple of years and they seriously like it was supposed to be maybe an inch of snow and they were shutting down government buildings they mm-hmm. had snow plows out and ready to go and and she's like walking around because she's from michigan and she's like w- what is going on <laughs> like this is just this is a dusting this, this is nothing
4: Yeah, it's amazing the way some people who don't know how to handle snow. It's like, there's people out out there who are like, oh man, it's only 60 degrees. And it's like, don't even talk to me. It's 30 today and I still wore sandals outside. So,
2: (laughs) Hockey chick, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Janelle. Losing Doc Emmerich like that to retirement, that was a real a real kick in the teeth after what happened on,
4: yeah, I, I knew on I could, Sunday. Yeah, I knew I could weep to you about it. You get it, yes. man. You get it. Oh.
2: Not only – I mean, you could say he's probably the best play-by-play voice.
4: Yeah, he, he's my favorite Ever. in all sports. There's, yeah. there's just nobody who I feel like puts the passion. And like my mom was telling me earlier when I told her, she was just devastated because she was talking about how she could be watching a game of two teams that she just – couldn't care less about and she'd still have fun just listening to him because he just puts that much emotion into it. So if you haven't been following hockey, I'm really sorry that now you'll never get to experience Doc Emmerich's play calling.
2: That is very sad. Go to YouTube, watch watch the highlights of of Doc Emmerich. He's yeah. a
4: or just class him act. On Twitter because there's gonna be a thousand videos in the oh, yeah. twenty four hours of him.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's let's uh, I guess talk about this thing that happened on Sunday, guys. Um, just an absolute terrible performance by the team against the Buccaneers, thirty-eight to ten. Um, I mean, reminiscent of almost every loss that happened last year. Like this is starting to become a trend now. When they lose, they lose big, and it sucks. Um, what? What? Just give me your first takeaways. From it once once it hits zero and you're kind of processing what what are the first thoughts that you have coming out of that game as we sort of transition from reeling from what happened and thinking about what what it means to us this season?
3: I'm gonna give you three quick ones here, and I'm sure we got all some of the same thoughts, maybe not. First one is momentum's a real thing in sports. like that pick six was enormous and changed the entire dynamic of the game. Being up 10 nothing, all of a sudden, you know, still only being up 10-7, and just nothing seemed to go our way after that. The second is, I don't think enough can be said about Tyler Irvin missing yesterday because not only will that help actually make Devin White and Levante David move laterally, it would also, I guess, make the Packers not run tosses in a toss inside, I saw once or twice. So that, that was a thing that I didn't really like and just, I mean maybe you can be said something said about the the weather but i just think overall once once it went bad it went really bad and you were kind of trying to rationalize it was it was like you said Dan like in the the games in the past maybe in the last couple of years where you're just like oh can you're like doing the math in your head you're like okay if we get the ball back now we could still do it and like at there was a certain point you could tell maybe the 13 minute mark 12 minute mark in the fourth quarter where you could just tell like we're just trying to get out of this game healthy. I mean, there's a few banged up guys that we'll talk about later, but
4: when they punted, punted. right.
3: (laughs) It's just like that. So like, I I don't know, like it it sucks, but the momentum, the Tyler Irvin being gone. And then just the way you're approaching kind of being down, I guess, wasn't my favorite. Do you know what were your thoughts?
4: Uh, Like as soon as the clock hit zero, I was just kind of like onto the next, you know, live and learn from this one, but don't carry it in your back pocket all week, move on, focus on Houston. So I think this is one of those games where I just wanted to kind of bury it. And, you know, you have to you have to take this game with a grain of salt. Obviously, it happened, but you can't take what happened today into next week. You can use the momentum of wanting to come back from that. But it was just, like, ugly is the only word you can use to describe that. And I, I put out the tweet, you know, when it rains, it pours. But for the Packers, it's like rain, hail, lightning, a tornado, just this chaotic... <laughs> thing of pain when they lose so the only the only uh good thing out of that game was mason crosby you know he was 100 percent right <laughs> in the beginning but then we never got to see him again so i don't know there's just so many takeaways that are just like it's scrambled eggs in my brain just all the things that went wrong yesterday and like you said when one thing goes wrong it's like one thing after another it really just snowballs they can't they don't win pretty or they don't lose pretty i guess is the way to say it they always lose ugly or at least that's how Mm -hmm. it feels these last couple seasons
2: yeah and and i i said that on twitter too it's like it doesn't matter at a at a certain point in the game it doesn't matter if they lose by 28 points or by 10 points like the loss still counts as a loss yeah right like like if you know if we're going off of last year where it was like you know winning all these ugly games and everyone asks you know well, like no nobody nobody asks uh, how you won the games; it just asks you if you won them. Well, the same can be said flip side for losses at a certain extent. You know, they lost this game. No matter if it was a t- a, a twenty eight point loss or a, a loss by a field goal at the end when they come back or something, like this is this is a loss. You move on from it. Um, one thing I want to ask you guys, since we're kind of looking ahead now, and this is. Sort of a look ahead past Houston and to the Matt LaFleur regime as a whole as we as he continues his career. This is twice now, because he's had this is the second season, so he's had two bye weeks to come out of. And each bye week, he comes out on the road and they look completely outmatched and completely unprepared to play the game. Do you think there's anything to be said about? The, the culture, I guess maybe is the best word that Matt LaFleur has in Green Bay where like, it's obvious that players weren't ready for this game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, is that, yeah. is that, is there enough there to to say that yet?
3: So that's a great question. I had a friend of mine from college. He was tweeting at me during the game. Once the game was out of hand, I was like, all right, I'm going to converse with Eric here, but Really, it's too it's too soon to tell with two only two bye weeks. Now, I will there is something to be said about it being two road games, so there is it's not like there's one home game, one road game coming off the bye. Um, and you don't wanna say that Matt LaFleur doesn't run a tight enough shift, but you could definitely draw a you know like Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You could try to connect the dots on the billboard and really try to get down that that spider web, but I think it's too early to say. But, I mean, he does run a different ship than Mike McCarthy. It's loose. It's fun. I, I mean, maybe there's some preparation they should have leading up to the game a little bit differently, the way you're handling it. It's too early to say he doesn't have, you know, a tight enough, maybe a short enough leash on the players. But if this happens again, or maybe going into the playoffs and you have a bye week. There's just certain things that you kind of, kind of look towards. So I think it's way too soon to react. But I, and you could make a conclusion early on if you really want to jump to conclusions. But um, let's give him another season or two before we start doing that. But I, I would assume a professional like Matt Lafleur, if you made it to the NFL, you would take inventory. He's probably hearing this or probably considering. Like you know, we've lost two bye games coming off a bye. Generally, those should be you should be well prepared. So I would hope you would take a little bit of inventory and just kind of look at maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it's something we should do different. Maybe we shouldn't have a certain practice on a certain day of the week, or maybe we should do another walkthrough when we get to town or something along those lines. So I don't think it's, I'm not hitting the red panic button yet, but I think it's something definitely to look towards going in the future.
4: Yeah. And I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think both LaFleur and Rogers said that uh, this week of practice was just crap to be blunt. So mm-hmm. that also like, Even without the bye, if you have a crappy practice week, you're probably going to play just as crappy because you practice how you play and play how you practice kind of thing. But I also don't want to just assume, well, this is Matt LaFleur's fault. You know, it's been two years in a row now that they've come off the bye and atrociously lost because, and I I really did my best to dig to try and find this, but I remember maybe three or four years ago, I'm going to obviously... This is me on the podcast. I'm going to bring up Jordy, but he did an interview. <laughs> he did this interview, and I can't remember who with, but it talked about how sometimes the bye week can really, really mess, mess up the groove of a, of a good team. Mm-hmm. So that was something. I had it in my drafts, and I never actually put it out into the open because I didn't want to be a jinx. So now it's just kind of haunting me, and I had to delete it because I feel this ghost of my own thoughts. But it was something I was genuinely concerned about, just remembering that Jordy interview talking about how the bye week, yes, it can be good injury-wise, but it can also completely skew your groove. So even though the Packers are playing like a really good team, that bye week can really just throw a loop in the way you're playing. So hopefully hopefully it's just a fluke that they came out looking this ugly and it's just coincidence of the bye week and bad practice. But I – that's one of the things is if this was two years ago, I'd be much more concerned, but the mentality of this team and Rogers, it really doesn't concern me how ugly this loss was. A loss was a loss. It looks the same in the column, no matter what. But I think that this team has what it takes to bounce back. And I think that says a lot about the the culture that Matt LaFleur has created with this team is that I I'm confident in what they've created. And I'm not too worried going forward. Now, if, Houston, if it's just an ugly game, against, then, I, then I'll be worried, but I think it's going to mm-hmm. say a lot more about how they bounce back than how ugly this game was.
1: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st.
2: Yeah, and I, I think maybe it's, maybe even it's more so, not so much the buy, but it's, the feeling that they've had coming into the bye because riding high coming into the bye last week, you're playing, you know, amazing football this week. Or I, I, let me take that back. The chargers game last year, oh you, <laughs> everyone expects, everyone expects a down, uh, a down tick in the offense without Devonte Adams, those first couple games without him, they play amazing football. Everyone's riding high. They bring Devontae back, they're going against the Chargers, lay an absolute egg. Four weeks now, they're playing the best football to ever start a Green Bay Packers football season and then come off the bye, lay an absolute egg. Like So maybe the culture problem isn't so much of like what Matt LaFleur is doing to prepare or anything like that. And I'm not saying that there's like a bad culture with the team. I'm just saying maybe this team doesn't quite know how to handle their own success just yet. Because Aaron kind of pointed to it, you know, uh, making sort of a mention of players, you know, maybe reading too many of their own press clippings, feeling too good about how they were doing coming into this game and not feeling, you know, not taking it as seriously as maybe they they should have. And like you uh, kind of said, Janelle, like that could probably be reflected in the bad practice, um, you know, last week. But let's... um, Let's move forward with some of the storylines that we're looking, guys, after this game. For me, there's for me, there's two big storylines looking forward to Houston. The first one is maybe not the most it sounds like the bigger problem, but from what it sounds like, it probably isn't. And that's the injury to David Bakhtiari. I I literally I maybe texted my dad the F word just like twenty times after when when he went down. Because I mean, is there a guy on this team that you like? He's he's like the second most, like the second highest guy that you would not want to see go down with injury right after Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely.
3: Yeah, Aaron Jones. You can make a case for Aaron Jones, but I think yeah, Aaron Jones is productive because of David Bakhtiari, and Aaron Rodgers can be productive,
2: productive because of David yeah, Bakhtiari. A lot
4: of a lot of success feeds off Bakhtiari's performance.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then so you're going into Houston with J.J. Watt, who I assume would be lined up right against... uh, Well, it was Rick Wagner who came in and and replaced Bakhtiari there, I think, in that second half of the game. I mean, J.J. Watt against Bakhtiari is much different than J.J. Watt against Rick Wagner. So this is something to keep an eye on. I I don't know. I'm not a medical expert, but I have to imagine that no matter what the injury is, there's probably a good chance he does not play Sunday. Wouldn't you think? Possibly. I mean...
3: When he wa- I mean, anytime it's a sh- what is it? it's like a chest injury. So, like, anytime you see yeah. that, like, it's you know, I go, I go two ways. One, I'm like, okay, maybe he got a helmet right under the shoulder pads or like in that, right. that, that jacket area, or like it's a peck. And if it's yeah. a peck, like, we're not even talking about him playing the rest of the year. So, like, if it's a strain on the chest, like, maybe he can still go. But, like, it, being a, a lineman, like, you're using your hands and you're using your upper body to have to shove off you know, these elite passers, is like J.J. Watt. So at, I don't know, man. I mean, it, from the sounds of it, like what we were all checking before we started recording, like it doesn't sound like it's serious, but I mean, even if it's not serious, like you're saying, Dan, maybe he sits out. I I didn't even consider that until you said that, but I mean, what do you think, Janelle?
4: Yeah, I mean, I because I read more positive things about Bakhtiari today, I guess the thought of him not playing never occurred to me. And it also kind of pops into my brain The last time the Packers and Texans met was Snowy Day at Lambeau, but J.J. Watt was also hurt that game. So Mm -hmm. they have not faced J.J. Watt maybe ever. I don't know. If anything, it's been a long time since. So I think that's also something you look back and you're like, okay, even the guys who played on that Sunday years ago, J.J. Watt is in the lineup because he's finally making it through injury-free so far and obviously he's one of the best defensive players in the league and I'm not just saying that because I'm a biased Wisconsin fan but he's somebody who even if Bakhtiari was healthy I would still be a little worried about so thinking about Bakhtiari not playing and Wagner coming in it really really makes you nervous about that left side of the line especially after the damage that Tampa Bay's front line did so yeah, the the thought just it kind of irks me a little bit to think about that because obviously Bakhtiari is the best at what he does, and that's protecting Aaron Rodgers. So you don't want even the thought of somebody who can't be protecting Rodgers out on that line, especially against a team like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and something I just I even kind of thought of while we were while we were sitting here talking about it. I mean, we have to consider there's there's maybe a good chance that the injury, like you guys both said all signs have pointed positive so far and maybe they realized that the injury wasn't that severe and just kept him out of a pointless game at that point you know there's no reason to be putting him back into a game like that um so it's definitely somebody to be keeping an eye on it's really like the one injury storyline i think moving forward outside of kevin king who uh didn't play this last week um the other one that I am thinking about, guys, here, and this is more of a, a macro uh, issue to look at as we move ahead, is this defense. Um, I mean we we've we talked a little, we talked quite a bit now about this offense and the struggles of Aaron Rodgers and this offensive line and not handling the pass rush, but this is the first time this defense was really exposed, and I think the biggest issue for me moving forward is. Not only were they exposed, but we did not see any production from any of their stars this past week. Um, I mean, the run defense looked a, a little bit better. Ronald Jones still had, I think, over 100 yards.
3: Yeah, he still had 100. Um,
2: like, I mean, we saw how many times – at least the one time, Adrian Amos just basically hand-holding Rob Gronkowski as he goes and catches that touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there was absolutely zero pass rush from the uh, defensive line that's the healthiest defensive line they've had all season. You know, the production from this defense needs to step up, and you're going up against a quarterback now in Houston this week who's mobile, which they've never been able they, – they've always had trouble handling uh, mobile quarterbacks like this, and another stellar wide receiving course. So this whole week of practice, looking at – what happens uh you know in the practices the meetings and things like that what the players are talking about and how they're sort of addressing it that's going to be big because uh this is the first time we really saw this defense kind of uh show what the the bottom is for sure and i just think it was frustrating
3: because like i'm sitting there and thinking about the game after it's you know basically out of hand with the minutes are ticking off into the fourth quarter and you're like where the hell was the darius smith all game like you mm-hmm. know Preston Smith hasn't done anything all year. Uh, you know Kenny Clark was coming back from injury and it sounds like the Lancaster injury had a little well, bit to do with that where he was going go to get
4: full.
3: I, Did he get banged up? I
4: I feel like I remember he, seeing have, you know,
3: he did. You're right, he did. In the first half, you're right, he did go up but he came back. I believe he was
4: unproductive anyways.
3: <laughs> exactly. Right. But it's just, it's just frustrating to see, like, you have these guys that you are supposed to, you know, be the cornerstone of the defense and get pressure and wreak havoc. You thought they would have been able to get it after Tom Brady. Um, that wasn't the case. It was just a sloppy game from start to finish. And my biggest concern, Dan, like you mentioned, is the mobile quarterback. But, like, Deshaun Watson is that dude that's always just going to run around and try to make plays even when it's just kind of dumb. Like, he doesn't give up ever. Like, he's never one to slide in the backfield or throw a ball away. He's always trying to break a tackle from that suspect offensive line that they're letting guys through. And, like, that's the problem I could see into this game. I mean, I, I think definitely the Packers are the better team, obviously. But you got a team in Houston that's 1-5. Like, they are nothing to lose. Romeo Cornell is the oldest coach in NFL right now. Just somehow is, you know, able to put on the, the face mask and the, <laughs> and the headset and coach again. And now it's like, what, what do they have to lose, right? Like they're not going to win the division at this point. You wouldn't think with the Titans being undefeated. Like they're, it's just a, it's kind of like a recipe for disaster if you're the Packers. You have a team that's kind of hungry, and again, like mobile quarterback, bunch of skill players. They looked pretty good on Sunday. You know, the only positive that the Houston defense outside of J.J. Watt is horrendous, and I'm very, hopefully, very confident that. We'll get back to the traditional jet motion when Tyler Irvin's back and healthy. We'll stop running tosses. We'll, we'll try to block inside linebackers. I understand Levante David and Devin White are really, really fast and really, really athletic. But just the the scheme on offense to try to get players of the second level to get blocks in that zone blocking. And then defensively, as you said, Dan, it just it wasn't there. Um yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. But Janelle, do you think uh, the defense is going to shape up and slow down Deshaun Watson, or is uh, what are your thoughts? I
4: mean, they have no choice at this point. You know, it's, they, <laughs> they have seriously been exposed, and it was yeah, Matt, you said frustrating. That's really the only word you can think of. No matter how much I yelled at my TV, they wouldn't listen to me and go get after Tom Brady. His jersey was <laughs> I tried to- his jersey was way too clean which is really frustrating because that was the one thing I remember saying. I don't remember if it was to you guys or on other shows, but, you know, if you pressure Tom Brady, he will crumble. And you could see that kind of towards the end. Like, okay, you see what happens when you get a little pressure on Tom Brady. Now he's throwing the ball out of bounds or he's not on target and stuff like this. And it was really unfortunate that this was the game that Gronk kind of broke out with this Bucks team because he has been irrelevant yeah. until yesterday, which – really it really sucks in like for us just thinking like okay cool we're the ones mm-hmm. that allowed this to happen and yeah it's frustrating uh gotta give props to Jair though because I think it looked like he kind of shut down Evans pretty well um didn't see too much action from him which which was good because I know that that receiving core had been banged up but yeah just going into this next week you look at this receiving core and you've got Randall Cobb, who we all know and love, you don't want to see him fall out against uh, his former team. And they've got Stills and Fuller and, uh, yeah. Cooks, Cooks, yeah, has, Cook, been, Cooks yeah. has been
3: coming on lately too, and he wasn't really a factor.
5: Early yeah. On. And even yeah. like,
4: uh, Cutie, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got really QD, yeah. good depth at receiver. And you look at these guys and it's like, this is a fast receiving core too. Like this is a, this is a receiving core of speed. So, you hope that Kevin King is back. You hope that Amos uh, doesn't – because I think they're uh, – Jordan Atkins, he's listed as mm-hmm. out on the depth chart right now, but obviously we won't know more about that till later. So, I know the tight end matchup, it seems like that. like – okay, I'm kind of backtracking now. Another thought. The tight end matchup always seems to be a burner for this Packers defense as well. Not just the run always. game, but the tight ends just not being able to cover a big body. And – Gronk, who is slow as ever, still is just out there catching touchdown passes like it's nothing. So I think that's another thing is you have to be able to keep up with these guys and play. You have to play big, even when they're physically bigger, you have to play bigger than them. So I think, yeah, there's just, I could nitpick this defense all day. And I was really hoping with Kenny Clark returning, it would look a lot better. But then you've got him dropping into coverage and it's like, what is going on? You know, it's. one thing after another it was a complete disaster and you know I'm not saying Petten loses his job in the middle of the season but I think if this team doesn't shape up on the defensive side that we probably won't see him next year you know I I really don't see them letting him go mid season it just what is the point of that at this point but Mm -hmm. I I'm like out of breath just with everything that frustrates me because I am a broken record every week talking about the defense and yeah. you know like is this yeah. gonna be the game that the Smiths break out is this gonna be where we see Preston we've got Kenny back oh Kevin King's hurt but you know the, we've got guys who can step up and it's just it's yeah frustrating so yeah I, I
3: I mean, it's all the same stuff we were talking about last year, though. It's like the. Take
4: my recording from two weeks ago and plug it here, and it would still be just as relevant.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because nothing's changed, you know. The run defense hasn't changed. Like, they were missing Leonard Fournette. They still ran for 100 yards with Ronald Jones. Like, can't cover the tight end. They still were able to complete passes to, you know, Rob Gronkowski, who, I mean, everyone thought he'd have a good year, but he literally had, like you said, it was his breakout game. Like, eventually, like, you got to make some adjustments. Adjustments petting, like, yeah, he's not going to get let go in the beginning, in the middle of the season. But I mean, at this point, he's 100% playing for his job. He's the only guy left over from the Mike McCarthy era. Like, you got to imagine if it, you know, things don't turn around, they're just going to cut ties with him because they've they've given a bunch of talent, right? I mean, you got first round picks in the secondary, you got you know, Adrian Amos is brought up. You got the Smith brothers. You got Kenny Clark, who's an extension. Like we didn't even mention Chris Barnes, yeah. by the way, who had probably the best game on defense, which yeah. an undrafted guy, you know, doing that, it was awesome. He was flying around, but, um, that, that yeah. can't be like, that can't be your focal point. of inside linebackers, a uh, you know, undrafted dude.
4: Yeah. Talent's there, but scheme is not.
2: Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, Fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching football. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the talent, I mean, y- you're completely right about the Mike Pettin thing. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I feel like that's, that's a storyline that we need to keep an eye on the entire rest of the season, Janelle, mm-hmm. because I think, yeah, this is, this is the game that puts Mike Pettin on the hot seat. You know, the, the first four games. Yeah. The defense, the defense was doing what they needed to do, but they weren't world beaters by any, by any stretch of the imagination. This game, though, this has to be the Mike Pettin is officially on the hot seat. If you've got now eleven games plus postseason, hopefully, to figure this out. If it's not looking better by then, Dunzo, you're you're gone. I hope you're renting, and and that's it. Because what we saw today or what we saw yesterday, Sunday, is just an utter. It's an utter underperformance by everybody, coaching staff and the players. They have the talent almost, you could argue, talent across the board, maybe outside of inside linebacker. But everywhere else, they have the talent. They have guys on this team, on that defense, that are starting basically on any team, no matter what. Uh, Absolutely. At, you know, at this point. I do
4: want to say, so, Travis Adams was the one guy yeah. who I was really impressed with.
2: Yeah, he actually had a really good game. He did, and that and and see. And that's the thing is you've got you've got guys, you've got the talent. You've got to find a way to make it work, Mike. And I, I swear to holy God, if I ever see, I'm in the middle of a road trip to to Wisconsin right now. But if I ever see third and two, <laughs> and the cornerbacks are eight yards off the line of scrimmage. I'll drive back up to Green Bay and clear Mike Patton's desk out myself. Just utter... No one would blame you. We would all I, support you. What, what, yeah, thank you. Thank you. We'll start, we'll start a, a bail fund for what I never really I get have, arrested for Andy Herman
4: is always willing to pay bail if you're doing something he supports.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, th- th- just there's there's no like rhyme or reason to the to the scheme sometimes and you could make you could make an argument here that if they go into this if they if at the end of last season let's say that San Francisco game they Mike Pettin walks they they let him go they bring somebody else in i firmly believe that if there is a different defensive coordinator in that building when the draft is coming up and you're in the middle of the draft and Patrick Queen is available, that there's a, there's more of a push to get Patrick Queen at middle linebacker under different defensive corner, because as we've seen and heard from people in the organization and people that have played, Mike Pettin does not value the middle linebacker position. It's not a position of, it's not a position of strength that they like to address. They bring in, People that they think will be able to hold down the position, but they don't need or they don't feel they need to make it a position of priority. If that's a different defensive coordinator, maybe Patrick queen is the first round draft pick. And this is a different defense. All that, all that aside, this is rhetoric where we hypotheticals. Now the point is Mike Patton after this week on the hot seat for the green Bay Packers has the to hottest, be the hottest of seats. Exactly.
3: And the road doesn't um, get any easier. Like, good no. defenses down the road here. we got the Niners again. I mean, the Colts aren't anything fantastic on offense, but they're still someone to be considered. Titans later in the season. Um, I know I'm missing one or two around here, but it, it's not going to get any easier. you got to figure it out. Um, but good point, Dan. That's that's not – you somehow brought up Patrick Queen again for me, which you I'm okay with, and you brought it up. Much. In a, <laughs> you brought, Patrick Queen's a stud, <laughs> okay. but Yeah. You were talking to Greg maybe too much. I don't know. Maybe he's getting too. But I think I think that makes sense, though. Like, if he if he's not there, if the defensive coordinator is not there, like, it, clearly Mike Patton doesn't value the inside linebacking, linebacker. You go Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez, Antonio Morrison, BJ Goodson. Yeah. Oh. Like, these are guys that are just like – I'm
2: having, like, Vietnam flashbacks. And you keep I love it. that guy. <laughs>
4: he's, yeah.
3: he's starting now for – I forgot whatever team he's on, but he's starting at this probably, point. I don't know. Probably but probably yeah. probably not. I think the Browns.
2: You're right. It is the Browns. Oh. Yeah. Um, either way is as we kind of uh, wrap up here guys any other things that you're looking at throughout the rest of this week as we get ready for Houston or is there anything about the Texans team that is worrying you as you kind of like uh, I, I, I want to say prepare because like I feel like in the lead up to each game it feels like the anxiety kind of like changes from day to day as we as we as fans get ready for these games like we're obviously not watching film but for you, is there anything that's worrying you as we look ahead to Houston, or is there any other storylines you think um, with the Packers team that we we keep an eye on?
3: No, I think you hit him on the head, Dan. I mean, the Bactieri, or the potential Bakhtiari JJ Watt matchup, um, you know, Randall Cobb, obviously, it's going to get some mm-hmm. notoriety. It should, right? I mean, he's didn't really do much in the beginning of the year. He's, you know, doing a, having a little bit more prog- productivity now. Um, but I think really overall, it's just like, throw out whatever game plan you had on offense and defense that you were trying to be cute with and just get back to the basics. I mean, I know Tyler Irvin was hurt and I mentioned that a few times, like maybe him coming back will help, but there was no reason to make some of those offensive play calls that they were doing defensively. I mean, you got to just, you have to be better. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts, and they were better in the beginning of the year in the first few games. So I just think, you know, you kind of crumple this one up, throw it away. Uh, recycle it, of course, and then we'll just get back to you know what it should look like on offense, what it should look like on defense. Get after Deshaun Watson a little bit, make him run around, and probably force some picks, and hopefully Kevin King's in the back end to make an interception. Yeah,
4: I think uh, just one of the concerns I had that we didn't really touch on was, you know, the Texans looked really, really good against the Titans. It was a shootout, I think it was, what, 42-35, and they ended in a loss, you know, a mm-hmm. game that you would mm-hmm. think they'd win, playing as good as they did so like they're coming off a hot loss we're coming off an ugly loss it's kind of you know that hunger for that win after a loss like that both teams are going to come in really hungry and it's just a matter of who's going to feed themselves you know who's going to go out there and actually make the adjustments and the thing about watching the Texans go into an offensive shootout game it's like okay that's nothing unfamiliar for us as Packer fans seeing those offensive shootouts and the defense just kind of being on the field, allowing it to happen. So I think if this defense can figure their crap out and turn it around and come in and, you know, maybe, maybe uh, not let them score every drive and go a 38 unanswered points, that would be really cool. But um, I don't know. I just, I think both teams are coming into this weekend, like hungry for a win. And that could make for a really, really fun, great game. If both teams show up, you know, if the Packers kind of carry this loss in a bag with them to the Texans game, I think it's just going to drag out and you're going to just see the same thing. So I think one of the things that I'm most excited to see is how Rodgers, especially as the leader on this team, throwing his third pick six ever and then throwing another pick right right after that on the next drive, how he is going to just kind of turn around because obviously 2020 Aaron Rodgers is a whole different person, so whether he's out there meditating or getting hyped up by Pat McAfee, you know, whatever he needs to do either for himself or in this locker room to say, hey, you know, this loss happened, it is what it is, but we have to go out there and get this next one to set the tone for the next half of the season because this Texans team, there's a lot of people, I see them kind of like, oh, well, we've got this one. Well, no, you can't go into this game thinking – oh, well, it's just the Texans, we've got it, because that mentality is how you will lose to maybe not the greatest team. I don't I don't look at the Texans like they're, they're an easy dub, and I really hope a lot of people are, especially the team, I hope they're not looking at this like an easy dub, because yeah, we've said, defensive-wise, not that great, but that doesn't mean that their offense can't pummel our defense. From what we've seen, it's doable, so I don't know, there's just a lot of mental game that needs to go into this one, and regather and I, I'm kind of expecting a shootout honestly. If the if the Texans play like they did against the Titans, this could be a really close high scoring game. So I think it's it literally is just a matter of our defense showing up again. Broken record. I've said this probably the last three weeks, but I'm just worried that the Texans are gonna ride the heat of that loss because they look good. They looked really good. They didn't look like they did against the Vikings, you know? So yeah, that was a really long ramble of just me <laughs> whatever. I'm just really I'm I'm just frustrated and I think we all are yeah. so. Um yes, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, one one thing that I want to actually bring up that I just thought about and I think is I I think it's it's not as big as some of the other things that we were talking about, but it is this year. This is the first game that the Packers played in front of fans. Oh. And, and it's on the road, yeah. Yeah. and you. I, I think personally, I think you could tell that it affected that offense. Like you saw, Aaron Rodgers; he seemed to be having a little bit more of an issue uh, getting play calls in. I don't. I can't tell if that if the crowd noise is being amplified on the broadcast, but it, I mean, it sounded like that place was was rocking, and I, I can't imagine that it was that loud with what twenty percent, twenty five percent of people but I mean, it sounded loud and it sounded like it had an effect and they're going to Houston now who I believe are hosting fans. Um, I'm pretty sure the Texas, the Texas stadiums are letting some fans in, in a dome on the road again. Um, And something that I actually saw posted, I think WLUX, the Fox affiliate there in green Bay uh, posted a story about this, how, There's nothing there hasn't been anything confirmed by the Packers, but uh, nonprofit organizations that run the stadium vendors as stadium vendors um, have been told to line up potential workers for a game on November 15th, which is Hmm. uh, that fourth home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's not been confirmed by the Packers. It's only uh, being reported by – I only saw it from WLUX. But, I mean, that, that has to be a storyline throughout the rest of the season is A, when's the first time if ever we see fans at Lambeau Field? And B, how do the Packers react to playing in front of fans? Because you could argue those two road games against the Saints and the Vikings, those look a little bit different with that, with fans in the stands. So it, it, it does this team – it does that have an effect on this team, uh, you know, after playing four weeks in front of nobody. And
3: it seems crazy, but like you like we kind of alluded to early in the episode, you get comfortable, right? And you get comfortable in your routine week to yeah. week, week to week, and then all of a sudden you have a bye week and it throws you off. Well, now you go to a stadium with fans, even if it's, you know, twenty thousand fans or fifteen thousand fans, whatever it is, like it it definitely did affect the game a little bit. Like you're you weren't getting plays in, obviously, right? There was a few checks at the line that didn't get uh, right with some of the younger receivers so mm-hmm. it's 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 so hard to fathom being like a fan you're watching like what do you mean they play with 75,000 fans all the time but like all of a sudden you you're used to you know the last two months or month Having really easy communication and all of a sudden it's just, you know, all takes a little bit to throw you off your routine, Um, which we saw happen with Tom Brady two weeks ago, right? I mean, he would never forget the the down, but, you know, there's things you take for granted when you get into a a situation where you're comfortable and you kind of just – but, yeah, I think it's something to be said about that. And when there will be, you know, people in the stands, I have no idea. I live in Green Bay. I would love for there to be people here, but we are in the uh, ground zero right now of the pandemic
2: unbelievable well yeah matt you're you're absolutely right like if no offense to packer fans but if there's one state so far that has kind of proven themselves not responsible enough to to be hosting fans at a live event wisconsin has to be up at the, at the top of the uh at the top of the list there unfortunately um and uh take a moment to remind you to wear your bleeping mask everybody um all right anyways let's uh let's wrap this up guys um, where can people find you out on the Twitter sphere and everywhere else? Uh, anything you want to promote and, uh, just let the people know about.
3: For sure. Uh, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M a T T underscore F R a underscore. Um, and check out my work with the boys over at packersworldwide.com our blogs, our social media pages, our live streams, and, Everything else. Janelle, working everyone um uh, Yep, you get can find year?
4: me on Twitter as usual at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M A C K. And I did actually just start working for the Say It Again network, so I'm very excited about that new opportunity. Um I'll be doing football, primarily, Packers stuff, but you'll also catch me doing some hockey, so to my three people out there who actually interact with me when i talk about hockey you will you'll be able to see some work uh starting to pile up there so starting to get back into the writing aspect of things uh that's where you'll be able to find me so the say it again network on twitter is where you can find that
2: that's awesome janelle thank you thank you congratulations (laughs) sweet um i'm on i'm on uh twitter as well at dk all the way uh you can find me over there tweeting stupid stuff um, and then also uh, my work over on Game On Wisconsin. Uh, we've got the Lombardi's Bar show every Wednesday night, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Lambo time. Uh, we are doing a live show, quote unquote, sort of uh, socially distance at Stadium View. Matt, you're going to be joining Under us, there. joining Under us boys here at Lombardi's Bar tomorrow night.
3: I mean, and honestly, uh, as far as the socially distance part, like they're giving you the whole top upstairs of the bar too. So it's like, right, that's, yeah.
2: So I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, not, yeah, just, a, you're not exactly the thick hat. We
4: talked about how Wisconsin right, exactly. is so
2: bad. <laughs> I know, I know, but you can, do, but see, you can do these things if you do them responsibly. Go. The <laughs> going, going into, going into a packed bar, no mask, everything else. That's not so great. Uh, yeah and I, 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 and trust me i'm i'm saying this as someone coming from michigan who is equally probably as worse or sure. as bad as as wisconsin is doing so uh we've all got to we've all got to chip in and and take care of this gosh darn thing um but yeah so game the work over there on game on wisconsin i write a couple of pieces usually every um every Sunday have a fun little piece out there so you check that out but doing a lot of great work over there too and all of us uh, doing a bunch of stuff so make sure you're following all of us and then obviously the podcast app hackaday podcast as well make sure you follow subscribe rate review the podcast share us around let your friends know if they haven't already been listening um, but until next time guys as always go back up go back up
5: go back up. Go pack up.
1: Every day, head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online
0: sportsbook experts.
5: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.